disciples. Uh, that Jesus had rose from the dead, uh, but they were, they had not, some had seen, some had not seen. And in John 20, uh, Jesus uh, moves into their world. It says in verse 19, then the same day at evening before the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, when the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. How many of you know fear is, a, is an absence of faith? For fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, said to them, peace to you. Now, now, are you getting the picture with me? There's lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Their fear of the Jews. They, the door is shut for goodness sake. And there's fear. And the resurrected Christ walks into their midst of their fear and says, peace to you. How many of you know that would change your day? So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. That's a part of what I'll talk about in a moment. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And uh, there's a lot there. But now verse 24, poor old doubting Thomas missed this moment. And the other disciples, he wasn't there when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands in the print of the nails and put my finger in the print of, of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, that just right there says he needed a revelation of resurrection. And it goes on to say, and after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. And Jesus came and the doors being shut. I'm telling you, they, they've been hiding out for eight days. I wonder who they sent out for pita bread. Who slipped out in the night for a fish or a loaf? For eight days, they're hiding out. And Thomas was with them, and Jesus and the door, uh, and Jesus came, the door shut, stood in their midst, and said it again, peace to you. <clears throat> and then he, he, how many of you know the Lord doesn't forget what we say? And he said to Thomas, reach your finger here, look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered, let me just say, Thomas didn't have to reach and touch and feel. He said, my Lord. And my God, everyone say my Lord, my God. You see, that's where we ought to be right now when we ponder the resurrection of Jesus, my Lord and my God. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Now catch this verse 29 because this is for all of us. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. That's us. That's Daniel. That's Pam on her birthday. That's Donnie and Carmen next week in Orlando, Florida with Mickey Mouse. Because we have the opportunity, even though we weren't there and he didn't walk and manifest himself uh, into our world uh, uh, visibly to see him uh, and put our hands in his side and, and touch the nail prints in his hands. We are of those, it says, we're blessed. You see, that is highly favored. We're blessed uh, uh, and very happy because we believe even though we haven't seen. That's faith. And he gave it to us as a gift. 
Somebody say amen. That's what Paul said. The just shall live, whoo, be made new, restored by faith. And so let me just tell you, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as we embrace the reality of his resurrection, it brings a restoration of confidence in our life. And, and if you're in the middle of fear and doubt, you've got to embrace this truth. Jesus Christ. Paul said, if he didn't rise, we're all miserable. If he didn't rise, we're all in trouble. We're all most pitiable. But Jesus Christ rose from the dead. We can have faith in that. That's what gets us to heaven. Amen. In fact, even the ladies, Mary, when they went to the tomb in Matthew 28, I love this. I thought about this today and the angel said, he is not here. He has risen. Everyone say, he has risen. And then he said this, the angel said this, he is risen just as he said. In other words, Jesus told them he was going to rise from the dead, but now they were in unbelief and hadn't comprehended and hadn't appropriated his word. But let me just make a broader understanding here for us who have not seen him, but yet we believe in him. And, and how does faith come? Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing with the intent of believing and understanding. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. And see, evidently, when Jesus was speaking uh, back before he, his death, burial, and resurrection, when he said, I'm going to rise from the dead, they were not hearing. And so we've got to open our ears to hear and trust his word because the more we hear his word and the more we appropriate his word, the more faith aligns. Hey, the death burial and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead brings restoration of confidence. Oh, we could keep on there for a little bit. Paul said you have need of confidence that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the reward. He restores confidence. How many of you today appreciate the fact that Jesus Christ uh, gave us a gift of faith? It's, it's a measure of faith. We just need to continue to trust his word and let that faith arise. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Where does faith come from? Faith in the finished work, in the gospel. Well, that's where it all begins. Resurrection changed everything. It gives us the power to have faith to finish our race, faith to overcome the devil. Come on now. Faith to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind is because we trust in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Whoo! It's not just believe here, it's believe here. He rose from the dead. And that ought to give us great confidence. Oh, we could go on and on. The, the Bible says if that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll also quicken your mortal or fleshly body. Amen. So today, the restoring power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings restoration of confidence to us. Number two, a restoration of calling. These disciples had a calling. 
They had a purpose in life that they were beginning to embrace when Jesus was here in full-time ministry. They were his disciples. They had a calling. Jesus would tell them about their calling. He would say, the works that I do shall you do also, and even greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. They had received a calling. Peter had received a calling. Even though he was just a fisherman, he had a purpose and a plan for his life. But when Jesus died, died, that calling was shattered on the rocks of denial. And in John 21, the resurrected Christ found Peter, who was back to the fishing boats doing the same old, same old that he had done all his life. And when God had a call on his life, he had miserably failed the Lord. Listen, we have all miserably failed him at times. But that when we embrace the, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ for our mistakes today, for our oopsie-daisies, has anybody other than me had a few oopsie-daisies in your spiritual journey? And Jesus, the resurrected Christ, he'll take your oopsie-daisies, he'll take your, your traumas, your troubles, your mistakes, the, 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 the denials and the, and the pitfalls of, and the downfalls of our life, and he'll walk back in if we'll embrace Embrace his truth, embrace him, and he will restore the call of God on our life. He told Peter three times, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Not the way I think I need to. Okay, it's okay, you're honest. Feed my sheep. And who was the first person? official preacher of the first official church in the history of all humanity. Peter the fisherman. The cousin denying Jesus. But faith filled now. Embracing the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Preaches the first official sermon and the first official church service. Filled with the Holy Spirit. And thousands of people are born again. And in, you know what Jesus preached on Pentecost Sunday? He didn't preach how to receive the Holy Ghost. It was a part of it. He preached the gospel. Are you in this? Amen the death barrel and the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, hey, the, the, the restoring power of, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings a restoration of confidence, but a restoration of calling. And number three, I love this one, for all the confused disciples who may or may not be in the room, who may listen later or listening right now, he brings a restoration of clarity to our life. How many of you know those just when Jesus died, man, the it was, I'm, I'm so confused. I thought this. No, you weren't listening. I thought, no, you're, they're just confused. There's, there's confusion. There's fear. There's, they have been traumatized in their soul, traumatized in their mind, traumatized. What has happened? And the resurrected Christ comes back into their lives. And he begins to bring clarity and put it all back together. How many of you know they didn't have all the pieces to the puzzle when Jesus died? 
He had given it to them, but they didn't get it. How many of you know, until you, they didn't realize it. He's, what did Jesus tell? Pardon me, the angel tell the ladies. He, he told you this was going to happen. Oh, really? Uh, they, didn't, they just didn't have it all together. The resurrected Christ, if you look in, in Acts chapter 1, it says this, because he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. It says this, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, here's what, here's what we're reading here. The resurrected Christ comes to these disciples who had been confused and befuddled and traumatized and upset and undone. He, for 40 days, gets all the pieces put back in place for them. So they began to understand until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days speaking and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. You know what the resurrected Christ did? He brought great clarity. Okay, we get it. And you know what they did? You know what they did? They went right to the place of obedience. At the place of prayer, they began to pray and wait on the promise of the Father. Well, they got some clarity. How many of you could use some clarity? There's no reason to always be confused or in the dark or clouded. Now, right now we do see through a glass darkly. If you, if you want everything to be made manifest to you for, for, for everything coming on in the future, that may, may or may not happen. You're not going to get perfect clarity for your future other than eternity with Christ. But let me tell you something. Jesus, the resurrected Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus did for them then, he will do for you now if you will just find your place in his presence and in and, and in the place of his word he will begin to speak to you it took him 40 days some of us want him to do it in 40 seconds we need clarity we need it right now i'm telling you the more I stay in his presence, the more I read his word, the more I pray and seek him, the more I listen to the word of God, and the, the greater clarity I have with the purpose of God for my life. The resurrected Christ wants to walk into our lives and bring clarity. Someone say a restoration of confidence. Somebody say a restoration of calling. Say restoration of clarity. And then, of course, a restoration of commission, the commission of God. Matthew 28, 19 and 20, the great what? The great commission. Before he ascended to the Father, he shared with them the great commission. Go into all the world. Not stay and sull up. Not, don't just, go. everybody say go. 
That's the commission of, 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 of the Christ, the resurrected Christ. Go into all the world. You know what I'm going to do next week? I'm going to be in Mexico. I don't, I speak no Espanol, but I have some Espanol gospel tracts and I share the gospel wherever I go. I share the gospel to the kids, to the adults, to the parents, sharing the gospel. I'm going. Uh, and uh, all of us need to go somewhere, whether it's across the street or next door or across the way in our workplace and share the gospel. I have a friend right now who's in a boat. He's in his bass boat. He's not fishing. He's helping guys fish. There's a big tournament on Lake Fork and he's got the editor of Bassmaster Magazine in his boat every day, well, for today and tomorrow. And we're praying that, that old Lancelot, his name is Lance, has the, the capacity to share the gospel with him. He's got him in his boat and he said, I'm going to share the gospel. I said, go for it, Lance. Share the gospel wherever you are. We have a commission. In fact, when you read the gospels, every gospel has some rendition of the commission. I, like, I think it's Luke uh, or one, uh, maybe Mark, that says, man, you can pick up, pick up serpents, they're not going to hurt you. There's all, you put all that in a big blender, you put that, all those different aspects of the commission of Christ into a blender and you blend it up, man, you got some destiny and purpose for your life. You're not here to sit soaking sour. Tell somebody, put a little smirk on your face. Look somebody in the eye and say, you're not here just to sit soaking sour. Come on. You're not here just to sit soaking sour. We all have a purpose. We all have a commission. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, Paul said this, that, uh, and that's where if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation old things are passed away behold all things become new and then he talks about this he says we've been reconciled to God that's what the cross of Christ did that's what the death burial and resurrection of Jesus brought us back into relationship bridged the gap between sin and sinlessness and the cross brought us back we're reconciled to God and then Paul says this you got to read this later second Corinthians 5 you have a ministry Everybody say, I have a ministry. And it's not just to lead worship. It's not just to, to uh, uh, work with the kids. It's not just to, uh, uh, you know, do the nursery. It's not just to pass the offering. Your ministry, it's the ministry of reconciliation. That is, we beseeching the world that is lost to be reconciled to God. How does that happen? Through the power of the gospel. And then he says this, come on, catch this. Everybody sit up a little straighter in your seat and say, we are ambassadors for Christ. Come on, if you're ambassador, you don't slump. You got good posture. I'm a, an ambassador for Christ. Whoo. It's a restoration of commission. I think most of us need to embrace the reality of because of the uh, being reconciled to God, we have a minute. And how did we get reconciled to God? Through the gospel. And because of the gospel, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we all now have a ministry and we're ambassadors for Christ. As it were, we, we're, we're beseeching, we're begging, we're imploring lost people to be reconciled to God. The restoration of commission, number five, the resurrection of Jesus Christ opened up a restoration of covenant, which I'll use that word for promise. How many of you know when Jesus rose from the dead, he was, what was he saying? Whatever I tell you I'm going to do, I'm going to do. You can trust my promises. 
And it was a restoration in these disciples. God, God wasn't re- restoring his covenant like it had been broken. He's restoring the understanding of the covenant and all the disciples who didn't understand and thought God had, in a sense, broken his covenant with them. And if you go to Matthew 28, what did Jesus say? Go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And look, I love this part. He throws it in. Commission, he hits the covenant. And, and get, let me just tell you something. And lo, I'm going to be with you always. You thought I was gone. I'm not gone. I'll be with you always. Even to the end of the age. What a promise. What a covenant from God brought about by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In fact, he told them this earlier in John 14. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive to you to myself that where I am, you may be also. In other words, I'm going to come again. You're going to always be with me. Yeah, and, and, and in the meantime, I'll send the Holy Spirit to be my manifest presence while I, I'm, I'm never going to leave you orphans. I'm going to stay right here. What a promise from God. And the resurrection of Jesus <clears throat> validated that Jesus God, he never breaks his promises. Are you with me? Say amen. Even, I love this. Even when Jesus ascended to the Father after the 40-day resurrection seminar for the saints, he's ascending. They're all standing. It says gazing into heaven. I want everyone here just for funsies. Put yourself there and think about this of Jesus, the resurrected Christ. You just had a 40-day seminar with a resurrection, resurrected Christ speaking to you things concerning the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden, you can tell something is happening. And Jesus begins to ascend before them. Everybody put your best Gomer, Pal, Shazam. Oh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look, make sure y'all are doing it. Y'all are. <laughs> That's pretty good. And they're in the middle of all this. And the angels show up again, get their attention. Uh, 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 pardon me, all you people who've got the Gomer Pyle gawking in heaven. This same Jesus who you see ascending to the Father will come again in like manner. Don't forget the promise. Whew, somebody say amen. It's a restoration of covenant. It's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then finally, it's a restoration. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brought a restoring and a restoration of community. Everyone say community. What happened days after this? They go to the upper room in obedience to the 40-day the directive of Jesus speaking to them things pertaining to the kingdom of God. They're praying and seeking God. The Holy Spirit comes. 
the power of evangelism falls upon them. They go out and they, Peter preaches the first sermon and, and thousands of people are born again. And what happens? The church is born. Community. I love chapter 2, verse 46. It says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. And I'm liking this church. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. I'm telling you, family, church, community. Listen, church is not a religious institution. It's a family of faith. It's a community. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ brought a restoration of community that every believer on planet earth needs to be a part of. I love what Paul said in Ephesians 2.19. It's the living Bible. I love that it's it's not a translation. It's a paraphrase, but I love it. Ephesians 2.19, the living Bible. Paul said this, you are a member of God's very own family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. I'm going to say that again for all of us. This, and this happened because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ as a restoration of community. You're a member of God's very own family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Let me go back to that first man, Adam. You know what Adam and Eve and God did in the garden? It was a family. He walked with them in the cool of the day. And that had been lost. You're a member of God's very own family. And you belong in God's household with every other Christian. Sadly, there are believers all over the world have not embraced the purpose of God for our lives. Jesus rose from the dead so that we could all have new life, but Jesus rose from the dead so we could all be restored to the family. And people all over the world, all around the world in Beaumont would call themselves Christian, but never darken the doors of a local church because they don't think they need the family. They're not where they belong. Stop. You have friends and family who are not where they belong. They're not involved. Every believer should, should be somewhere and belong in a local church. And you and I have the responsibility to be that light to bring them. Romans 12 said this, for we have many members, but we're in one body. 1 Corinthians talks about the multifaceted parts of the body, but we're one body. We're a family. We're a community. And if we live our life disconnected from the body, disconnected from the family, we are, mis- we are not appropriating the benefit of the total gospel. And let me tell you something. I've been doing this a while. And it breaks my heart when people disconnect from the family. Because I know they have just disconnected 
from a place not only of comfort and joy, but a place of protection and provision. And they miss God's best. And I, and I, could, I could go back. If I sat down with you and started going through, through my history as a pastor of a local church, I can start calling names. Who disconnected. Most of the reason, most of the time when people disconnect, there's something else that's going on. But the church is so valuable. It's a restoration of family. How many of you know there's all kinds of family members? Look around. Aren't you glad there's not a bunch of Sams here? Ooh. We could use a few more Tommies, but I don't know. No, Jana, you can only handle one? Only one. But we thank God for the family. It's because Jesus rose from the dead that we have a family. There's big families, little families, but we're all part of the bigger, greater family called the body of Christ. So wherever you are today, let me just, hey, I'm going to read, I'm going to go back. I'm going to rehearse in case you didn't take notes. The resurrection of Jesus Christ brings a restoration of confidence. If you're lacking confidence today, embrace the truth of the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It brings a restoration of calling, puts us back into God's purpose for our life. It restores clarity to our life. If you're living confused half the time, uh, you need to spend more of your time in the presence of the resurrected Christ. Restores the commission and real purpose of God for our life. It's a restoration of covenant, God's promises. We embrace His promises and the restoration of community. Let's stand together. It's the power of the gospel. I don't know where you are today, what's going on in your world, but God's a God of restoration. You may be away from the Lord in your relationship with Him. He'll bring a restoration of relationship to you. If you're a prodigal, you went your own way and you did your own thing. Today, just like the prodigal, you can come to yourself and come home to Him. Just as the prodigal's father said, kill the fatted calf, and he put his robe around him and his ring on his finger, Jesus Christ will bring you to a place of restoration in your personal relationship with him. So with every head bowed and every eye closed just for a moment, if you're here and that's you, your relationship with God Jesus has been off and you, you, you have been away from his governance and guidance in your life and today you're here and you realize that he can restore you. Just like he restored Peter, he can restore you. And you say, Pastor, that's what I need in my life, restoration. Wherever you are, lift your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I need that in my life. Anybody? Amen. Amen. Father, today, 
we thank you for the power of the gospel, for the good news. And we thank you for the good news about the good news and all that your death, burial, and the resurrection has provided for us. I thank you for restoring those who lifted their hand to a place of real intimate relationship with you. I thank you for that today. And I pray, God, whatever and whoever is in this room or listening to me by Facebook Live, whoever hears this message and is at a place where they need you to do something new in their life and restore them to their purposeful place in life, I pray they would look to you and be saved. Look to you and be healed. Look to you and be restored. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. That's some good news about the good news.